Hello and welcome to Harvey's Huddle. My name is Jackson Harvey. I've been thinking about making a podcast for a while now, and I finally decided on making one all about the National Football League. Now, I'm not an insider of any sort. Don't really consider myself to be an expert. I've had a few years' experience of coaching lower-level football, refereeing for a year, um, and playing for a good amount of time. And what I think I can offer is some good insights into uh, every game every week, maybe into some power rankings as well, and hopefully help you out with some of your fantasy matchups too. I think this thing will kind of progress as we go along and as, as I get better at it and as the season progresses. Hopefully I can get some social media presence out there. We can get some interaction with Uh, people who may or may not listen to this podcast and get some good dialogue and just enjoy the NFL season. With that being said, I just want to go over um, my top 10 list of teams in the league right now. Starting at number 10, I've got the Indianapolis Colts. Rivers has been uh, very effective the past couple games, only throwing one interception and I believe six touchdowns. He's been looking a lot more comfortable with this team than he did in the first five games. Um, and for that reason, I have them at number 10, as well as they they have a defense that's ranked number two in fantasy points. Um, and that are just, they've been stellar in every game this season. At number nine, we've got the Tennessee Titans, another AFC South team. They lead the AFC South right now, but I have them lower than other teams. This past week, they had a pretty disappointing loss to the Bengals. Tannehill didn't look very good. Burrow, of course, he's been stellar on the Cincinnati side of the ball, but um, Tennessee just wasn't able to get it done. And They have a big game this week against Chicago. They should be able to get it done. We'll talk about that more later, but um, we'll see how they do along the stretch. They proved to be a very formidable opponent last year in the playoffs and so we hope to see that Tennessee Titans team that we saw in the latter end of last season. At number eight I've got the Buffalo Bills. They are a team that's full of talent and um, of course they lead the AFC East right now. They are looking good. They really ran the ball well this past week and the only thing we need to see to get them higher on the list is a win against Seattle this weekend. If Josh Allen can use his arm a little more than his legs and if that team can really show up on Sunday they could see a skyrocketing in these rankings. At number seven I've got the Baltimore Ravens. They are quite a disappointing team this year which is funny because their record is five and two. I think any team in the NFC East would kill to have that kind of ranking right now but Baltimore really would rather be seven and oh right now but they are lacking the kind of play that they had last year and they're really showing that they can't get it done against these top tier teams. I believe their strength of schedule was a lot easier last season and to have their two losses on the season to the Chiefs and to the Steelers in quite not easy fashion. This The Steelers game went down to the wire this past week but they just haven't been able to get it done and We need to see them win against a a top-tier team uh, in the near future in order for them to to show out. I think they play the Steelers after uh, American Thanksgiving. 
and we'll see what happens this week against the Colts who have, like I said, a really good defense and a quite formidable rush defense. So we'll see what goes on there. At number six, I've got the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they were on a bye this week, so they didn't really play, but the last game they played was the overtime Sunday night thriller against the Seahawks. They've shown to be another just amazingly talented team. Kyler Murray really has a good handle on the offense there, and especially with DeAndre Hopkins. He's still leading the league in rushing yards despite being on a bye week last week. So you got to be quite the impressive team to have those kinds of stats and to be able to win the way that they are. At number five, I have the Green Bay Packers. They had a really disappointing loss to the Vikings this week. I caught the latter end of the game and they nearly came up with it, but it just wasn't enough. Rodgers is kind of, I would say, missing his um, running backs. I believe Jamal Williams was just taken out of this week's lineup because of a COVID protocol. I think their third string running back actually got diagnosed with uh, COVID-19 and Williams was a close contact so now they've taken out their top three running backs for a while and we'll see if Rodgers can get it done this week and see if he can avoid the the same misfortune that happened against a pretty bad Vikings team. Uh, number four we've got the Bucks, and they I would say they would be higher which is not very much higher, but they, they're they still a good team despite them narrowly beating the Giants on Monday night. Uh, their offense needs to produce a little bit more, and they'll be right up there. Um, and they are right up there. Their defense has been pretty great, um, getting a lot of turnovers and really sealing the deal on the Giants uh, late down the stretch on Monday night. At number three, I have the Seattle Seahawks. They have been wheeling and dealing with uh, Russell Wilson at the helm. And DK Metcalf has been absolutely phenomenal. I, I would have them at number two, but their loss to the Cardinals puts them at number three for me. We'll see how they take care of business this week against the Bills. At number two, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. They, of course, easily beat the New York Jets this week. Nothing much to say about them. They, they've they got one of the best defenses they've had in quite a long time, and we'll, we'll see how they can go down the stretch and see if they can run this thing back. And, of course, at number one, we've got the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they are firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. Uh, they've got a great wide-receiving core, and they've got great running back, great defense. E everything's working for them, and they just they also have a very easy schedule going on in the next few weeks, so we'll see them at the top of the leaderboard for quite a while. And so that's my top 10. Um, we're going to go into a few game reviews. Um, the way I want to do it is there's a few games this week that they're pretty mundane to talk about, not very exciting, um, not a lot of implications going on. So I just want to kind of breeze through those and give you guys my predictions for them as well as go a little bit more in depth on the the later games and the more I guess important games that are going on this week against better teams. So first we've got the Washington football team um, playing against the New York football Giants this Sunday. The Giants were quite impressive against the the Buccaneers on Monday. Daniel Jones looked like he was 
in his element, throwing quite well, and they really came down to a 50-50 call at the end of the game on that two-point conversion from winning. And so I have the Giants winning this game. Washington's been quite unimpressive. I don't know how they're going to look like coming out of their um, bye week, I believe. And (sighs) Giants defense has been stellar against the better teams. So I think we'll see the Giants win this pretty easily, 27-10. Next we got Detroit versus Minnesota. Dalvin Cook was incredible in week eight. Four touchdowns. Um, at least one of those was receiving and the rest rushing. And so Minnesota's defense also somehow shut out the powerhouse that is the Packers. And so we'll see we'll see what goes on in this game. Matthew Stafford was also just diagnosed with COVID nineteen on Wednesday, and so they're going to be without their starting quarterback, which, in my opinion, he's been the one that's really been able to win them the games that they have won. Adrian Peterson is also their leading rusher. Really? How 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 can you have a guy that ancient being your leading rusher unless you're the Jets? So I, do, I don't really see um, Minnesota losing this game. We'll see what happens with Kirk Cousins and the saga that he is is a quarterback. <laughs> um, I've got the Vikings winning this 20-10. to 10. Um, Not because of Cousins, but definitely because of Cook and definitely because of their defense. Next, we've got the Monday night game, the New England Patriots against the New York Jets. This is going to be quite an interesting game, said no one. This is probably going to be one of the lowest-rating Monday night games that they're going to have this week. Um... <clears throat> Not much to say. I mean, the Patriots are struggling. Their team has been quite underwhelming as of late. And the Jets are the Jets. Again, they've got Frank Gore in the backfield. They have Adam Gase's coach. And I think that they're going to go 0-16 unless they, unless they fire Adam Gase. It's... It's not looking good down in New York. I have New England winning that game 27-6. Next, we've got the Denver Broncos facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Falcons fans, your team finally held on to a win in the fourth quarter. And yes, Denver Bronco fans, your team actually came back in the second half to win a game. Both really good games last week. Um, Atlanta beating Carolina and... The Broncos coming back against the Chargers with a touchdown on the last play of the game. Drew Locke really impressed me in that win. Um, Of course, in the first half, he wasn't that great. And as I've seen some articles and some insider information, he came into the locker room at halftime amidst a lot of yelling and finger-pointing and took the blame on himself and really led his team uh, through some dire straits as as they ended up winning along the stretch. Um, Denver's passing defense is not that great. Uh, they used to be the no-fly zone, if I remember correctly, but they've just been letting everyone through lately. Um, I, I don't see the Broncos winning this one, unfortunately. I think that 
the combo of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones is just too good. Uh, they're too good of a wide receiver tandem, and Matt Ryan's just going to get in the ball whenever he wants. And so I see Atlanta winning this game by quite a lot. They're, they've been able to put up points. That's the thing about the Falcons, that they've put up points against almost every team they've played against, but they haven't been able to close it out. I think they will this week again. They're going to win 34-17. to Next, we've got the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Gardner Minshew is out with, uh, I believe, a broken finger. So they've got Jake Lutton, the rookie, with his first NFL start this week. We'll see how he does against J.J. Watt and that Houston defense. Houston's been quite disappointing. They've given up 217 points this season, and Jacksonville's not far behind. They've given up 220, so we've got evenly bad defenses here. Of course, the Texans got rid of DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, and uh, David Johnson hasn't been really the, the return that they were looking for in that trade. This is a hard game to call because it could go either way. Don't know anything about Jake Lutton. Don't know how he's going to look and how he's been looking in practice at all. So I'm going to go with uh, some rookie magic and predict Jacksonville to win 27-24 in this game. Next, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Dallas Cowboys. Again, not a lot to say about this game. Ezekiel Elliott, he's been on my fantasy team since the beginning of the season, and He's really proven that he can't get it done all on on his own. I don't know if that's enough to say that he's not a premier running back in this league, but he really has not been showing up behind a depleted Cowboys team um, on both sides of the ball. And so I, I don't see, as I don't imagine anyone seeing Pittsburgh losing this game. I don't think Roethlisberger will be playing the whole game. You'll have subs in in the second half, and we're going to see Pittsburgh win in this game 47-10. to Hopefully the Cowboys can figure something out. I don't even think they know who their starting quarterback is on Sunday, so we'll take a look and we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how that game goes. Again, Pittsburgh probably going to blow them out. Next, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders facing off against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this game could be quite a good one. Herbert has been playing very well for the Chargers. If I've seen correctly, his stats are very similar to that of Joe Burrow. So we'll have to see how how he goes down the stretch. I think the Chargers have found a long-term quarterback that they can trust and that can bring out some victories, um, hopefully next season. I don't see them really getting anything done this season, but their future is bright. Vegas, they played pretty well. Um, despite some really bad weather down in Cleveland. I don't know if anybody saw, but there was that video of the attempted field goal by the Raiders that looked like it was going in and hit the left corner of the end zone due to the wind there. So they they ended up winning that game against the Browns in a mud fest. Josh Jacobs has been phenomenal at running back. Derek Carr has been pretty good at quarterback as well. I, I don't see the Raiders losing this game either, so I got them 30-17, to 17, uh, beating the Chargers. Next up, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is another game that could get pretty ugly pretty quick, unless the Panthers can contain a little bit the onslaught that is the Kansas City offense. McCaffrey, I see he is 
rumored to return. Matt Rule has said that he's hopeful that he'll be able to play on Sunday. For anyone who is looking for a running back, um, I know in my fantasy league, someone dropped him as soon as he hurt his ankle week two, and I was able to pick him up. So I've got him on my starting lineup this week. See if you can pick him up yourself. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty impressive this season as well. He hasn't been very outstanding in terms of quarterback play, but he seems to be a really good answer for this Panthers team that gave up Cam Newton just a season ago. Kansas City also has the best defense they've had in years. Their turnover ratio right now is plus nine, and two of those turnovers have turned into touchdowns, and so they are rocking it on all sides of the ball. We'll see a, another blowout, uh, maybe some garbage time points for Christian McCaffrey. Kansas City wins this 38-17. Next up, we've got the Miami Dolphins taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this Cardinals team is electric on offense, and they are pretty dang good on defense as well. Uh, they, of course, were able to beat the Seahawks in overtime the last time they took the field, and Miami put up an impressive game against the Los Angeles Rams in week eight. Um, of course, that was Tua's first start in the NFL, and he didn't play that great, but as a team, the Dolphins have been able to really put some of the top-tier teams in the league to the test, and it's been incredible to watch. They almost took it to Seattle and beat them. They took it to the Rams this week and beat them, and I think they're going to give Arizona quite a tough time. Um, Miami's got the number one team in the league when it comes to points against. And so we could see quite a stout defense going up against quite an electric offense, which could be quite the entertaining game. Cardinals, of course, they have DeAndre Hopkins. I mentioned before that even with the bye week last week, he is still on top in the league in terms of receiving yards and just an incredible player all around. Kyler Murray has never looked better. I mean, it's only a second season, but he has been great. And we're just going to see a, a really good game, I think, here with uh, Arizona and Miami. I'm going to take Arizona, though, in this. That offense is just going to be too much to handle. I don't think Tua is going to be able to take it to the Arizona defense as well as Miami would like and so I'm going to have the Cardinals win in this game let's say 27 to 17. Now we're going to get into some of the bigger games going on this week. Um, Thursday night football is going to be the Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. At some point you just gotta take a 49ers fan and give them a big hug because they are having a rough season. I just saw on my news feed that um, Ayuk and Williams are both out this week as they were placed on the COVID-19 list. So that's another couple of losses to add on to Garoppolo, George Kittle, Tevin Coleman, Richard Sherman, Bosa, all of these players. And of course they have to be the some of the core players that you have on your team. It's a very different 49ers team taking on the Packers this week than we saw them take on each other in the NFC Championship game last year. Yet, with 
all of the injuries that the 49ers have, they're still at a 4-4 four and four record. Granted, it's not enough to really put them into a great playoff spot, but they are just outside that wild card spot, which is pretty admirable given their injury situation. Of course, <laughs> the Niners also, they have the the issue going on of their facility being closed on Wednesday, the day before their game, of course, due to COVID-19 issues. So this is an uphill battle for this 49ers team taking on uh, the Packers. The Packers, of course, they're number four in team offense in the NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, when they've been on the field together, they have been fantastic. They lost to Minnesota last week. Not a really great team performance. Their rush defense needs to be better this week against San Francisco. We saw Seattle do it last week. They put a chokehold on their rush defense. Grapple wasn't able to get it done. Mullins had a little bit more success later on in the game when, when uh, Garoppolo got hurt. But we'll see if Green Bay can stop the run game, and then they'll, they'll probably win this game. Uh, the 49ers, they're giving up 209 receiving yards a game. That's the fourth best in the NFL right now. And then against a really pass-heavy Packers team this week, as Aaron Rodgers is without his running back one, two, and three, the Packers are going to throw the ball. They're also, the 49ers, they're only 10th in points against per game in the NFL. And so we could see the 49ers defense really stepping up this week, hopefully, and being able to take it to the Packers. Um, the Packers are averaging 31.3 points four per game. That's third best in the NFL, like I mentioned. And, of course, the 49ers have the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL at 14. So a lot of really uh, conflicting stats, their team stats there for both teams. I think it might lead to a really good game. We'll see. There's there's a few key questions that, that need to be asked. It's, can Green Bay stop the run? And can the 49ers find someone that can run the ball? Um, I think I heard they're having tryouts, so you can go and try out for them if you think you can run the ball. I'm sure they'll take anyone at this point. Shanahan might even dress up and tote the rock a little bit. And, of course, for the 49ers... Can they slow down Rodgers and Adams? And if they do, can they stop Rodgers from throwing to other people? That's the trick. I don't think they're going to be able to get it done. I think Rodgers takes this one 28-21. Next up, we've got the Chicago Bears taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, if there's been quite the outcry I've seen from Bears fans for Trubisky to come in in place of Nick Foles. Uh, Trubisky, of course, was 3-0 and at the beginning of the season and then benched in lieu of Foles, who has played pretty decently. However, Trubisky was injured on the only play he played against the Saints, so Foles will be starting. Sorry, Bears fans. We've got Allen Robinson. He's wide out for uh, the Bears. He's number 9 in the NFL when it comes to fantasy wide receivers. If you're looking for a good waiver pickup, and if he's still available in your league, pick him up. Play him this week because uh, he could be he could be a good one to snag. Chicago's last in the NFL when it comes to rushing touchdowns. I believe they only have two on the whole season. 
And so they're going to be held to probably quite a one-dimensional game. So look for Tennessee to really exploit that and take it to them in the passing game. Of course, Tennessee is 25th when it comes to receiving yards allowed per game. And they've allowed the fifth most passing touchdowns in the league with 17. So we'll see if, if Chicago can take it to them through the air like Burrow did last week. And we'll see if Tennessee can take it to them in the passing game. We'll have to see. Um, Chicago is the 27th team in the NFL when it comes to points for per game with 20.1 points on average. Tennessee has 29.7 points per game on average. So, And that's the sixth best in the league. Derrick Henry should be a huge difference maker. He always is. He's always one of the focal points of any Tennessee Titans team and any Tennessee Titans game uh, for the near future. We'll see if he's able to, to really run the ball. Well, he wasn't able to do it very well last game. And with Khalil Mack on the other side of the line, we'll see if he has any difference in the run game. I don't imagine he will. Um, he's more effective in getting to the quarterback, but if Derrick Henry can have a more effective game than he did last week, Ryan Tannehill will have a more effective game than he will last week. Tennessee's turnover ratio is a plus eight. Chicago's at negative one. So turnovers could be the story of the game. I, I think Derrick Henry will score two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air, and we'll see Tannehill through two touchdowns and an interception. Foles, he's going to struggle a little bit with a one-dimensional offense. I think he'll throw a touchdown or two and throw a couple interceptions as well. I got Tennessee winning this game 26-17. Next, we've got Seattle taking on Buffalo. This is a huge game um, against two division leaders and it's a huge game for the Bills more so than it's a huge game for the Seahawks. The Bills have something to prove here. They need to beat a top tier team to really be taken seriously in the latter part of the season and in the into the playoffs. Wilson, of course, everyone's talking about it. He is playing an MVP lights out, amazing, incredible, whatever word you want to use to describe it. He's just playing an incredible season, playing some incredible football. He is doing great. They're, of course, number one in points four per game. They're number three in passing yards per game. Their offense is, of course, firing on all cylinders. DK Metcalf is doing amazing. If DK Metcalf is not doing amazing, Tyler Lockett's doing amazing. And they seem to be switching off um, every other week. One team says, hey, Lockett scored three touchdowns this this week. Let's cover him a little bit more. Oh, Metcalf's wide open the next game. Metcalf was wide open last game. Let's cover him a little bit more. Lockett's going to be open the next game. They've got quite a good offensive setup in that regard. Look for Chris Carson to hopefully come back here. Seattle's running game was okay against the 49ers. Um, I think Dallas got two touchdowns on Sunday. But when I watched him, he was just very underwhelming um, running the ball and didn't, didn't look terribly confident. So the Seahawks would be very much benefited by the return of Carson. So take a look for that 
if you have him on your fantasy team and he's on the bench, make sure you're checking that out because it looks like he's going to be a game-time decision from what Carroll has said. Also a fun fact, Wilson, he's 9-1 against teams in the AFC East. And he also, he's on track to score 50-plus passing touchdowns this season. So he's got 26 so far. And Buffalo's pass defense hasn't been the most effective lately. So we could see a game get ugly, or hopefully Buffalo can really step it up and prove that they deserve to be the AFC East division leader. Buffalo, of course, they're a really good rushing team. They proved that last week, and they're probably going to try to stick to it this week. Seattle's run defense is too good. They allow 3.9 yards a carry. That's it. If Josh Allen can't get it done with his arm, the Buffalo Bills will not win this game. And that's the major question that I'm asking in this game. Can Allen really take it to the Seahawks secondary, which is number 32 in the league when it comes to passing yards per game and when it comes to fantasy points? Can Allen get the ball to Diggs? And can they win the game through the air? Because they're not going to be able to do it through the ground. I don't think they will be able to. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game, though. Seattle's going to win this one 34-28. Next, we've got a major game going on in Lucas Oil Stadium. We got the Colts taking on the Ravens. I mentioned at the top of the show, the Ravens have been disappointing with their 5-2 record. And the Colts have been quite outstanding with their 5-2 record. Two very different teams, but also two very similar teams. Ravens and the Colts are both second place in their respective divisions. Um, And they're looking to make a move. The Colts more so than the Ravens as they have to compete against an undefeated team. That loss last week was tough. It was tough to watch uh, Jackson play the way that he did. Um, They had a lead and they squandered it. Lamar needs to prove that he can win against a top-tier team in the league. Indianapolis has great defense. They have the number two defense in rush yards allowed. The only better team in rush defense is the Ravens. But if the Ravens get stopped on the ground and Lamar cannot become effective through the air, unlike he has been throughout this season, the Ravens will not be able to win this game. They have, however, the Colts, I mean, they have given up 300-plus yards through the air in the past two games. So it's it's possible. Lamar's going to be able to do it if he can perform well. That's that's just the nitty-gritty of it. That's the, that's the bluntness of it. He just needs to do it. That's, there's nothing, I, we've seen him do it. We've seen him put on an air show before. But most of the time when he's been able to do it, he's had the benefit of a great rushing offense. Colts are going to be able to shut them down. Probably. Now on the other side of the field, we have kind of a different situation going on with Phillip Rivers. He, Everyone saw him as kind of washed up he didn't really go anywhere with the chargers hits the free agent market where is he going to land indianapolis is that really a good fit for him is he going to have success he comes out first five games okay he lost to the jaguars 
you won the other ones what's going on last two games he's thrown six touchdowns only one interception he's had a quarterback rating of 113 and it looks like he is really taking command and taking control of this offense his offensive line is incredible and we've said this about the Colts offensive line for a few seasons now they they are phenomenal they are consistent the Colts have only given up eight sacks in seven games the interesting side to this matchup the Ravens defense is on the top side of the league when it comes to sacks they have 24 on the season so one of the big questions that we have going into this game is can the Ravens defense get it done against an incredible Colts offensive line can Lamar win with his arm that's going to be the question that we're going to look for if he doesn't that's going to be the question that's going to be asked all next week is this really the Ravens quarterback of the future is he going to be able to take him to a Super Bowl and can Rivers continue to be consistent can he put up another game with I think he had 300 yards last week uh, 250 a few touchdowns can he do that against the Ravens can they stop the run on the defensive side of the ball for the Colts and I think that's where it's going to come down to it's going to come down to the trenches this game I'm giving the edge here to the Colts linemen of course they are just too good too consistent and I think it's going to be a close game I think it's going to come down to Lamar Jackson's arm and I don't know if he's going to be able to get get it done against a top defense again I've got the Colts winning this game 28-24. Finally, we've got the Sunday night game. I think this is one of the most important games being played this Sunday. Uh, Save the best for last. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. It's our second version of Breeze versus Brady this season. Of course, the first contest went to the Saints. Brady didn't look that great. Threw a couple interceptions. Um, and of course, Brady didn't look that great on Monday night either. So this is an interesting game to watch. It's going to be a great game, I think. Um, the Bucks' offense has to be better than they were against the Giants. Uh, they only had 81 rushing yards in the whole game. Only two touchdowns and four field goals. I don't know if that's going to win it against the Saints. Um, In week one, Brady only had two touchdowns. He was also sacked three times. And the Buccaneers only had 86 rushing yards as a team. So one of the keys for this game, if the Buccaneers want to win it, is they need to establish the running game. They need to establish early. They need to go back to it often. And they need to be able to run it on this Saints defense. Another interesting aspect to the Buccaneers offense is the acquisition of Antonio Brown after his suspension Tom Brady of course he threw the ball for a couple games last season to Brown with the Patriots they had a lot of success a lot of good chemistry and it seems like Brady was a large factor into um, Brown coming to the Patriots I read that he was supposed to go to the Seahawks which I can't imagine the trio of Lockett, Metcalf, and 
Brown being a, a wide receiver core that any defense would want to go against, but it looks like Brady convinced him to come to Tampa Bay, and it might take a game or two to figure it out and to get Brown back up to game speed, but they're going to be dangerous. Remember Randy Moss and Brady? I think this is going to be a lot like that. The Saints have 19 sacks this season on defense. If anybody watched the Thursday night game, Buccaneers and Chicago a few weeks back, Chicago won that game because they were able to get in Brady's face. They were able to throw him off his game. And, I mean, that's that's every recipe. If you look in any recipe book for any team that has beaten Tom Brady, the first and last ingredient is pressure. Pressure on the quarterback, get in his face, and make him have to make difficult throws. That's the only way that they're going to really be able to stop the Tampa Bay pass attack. New Orleans has given up 19 passing touchdowns this season, which is the second most in the NFL. And so if Tampa Bay's offense wants to be effective, they need to establish a run, hopefully get into some play action passing, and be able to exploit that secondary of the Saints for a few few touchdowns. On the offensive side of the ball for the Saints, they haven't been incredible. They've been okay. They've been good, especially after Michael Thomas has been gone for so long. They just haven't been as electrifying. They haven't been as good as we would like to see them. Alvin Kamara has been quite the workhorse when it comes to the load taken by him. Uh, They have 4.2 yards per carry, but they're going against Tampa Bay, who has 3.2 rush yards against per carry on average. So we'll see how effective Kamara can be on the ground. However, he doesn't really have all of his effectiveness, all his marbles into the rushing game. He's an incredible asset in the passing game, and I think he will be a huge um, part of their win. Big questions to ask here. What is Brown's effect on the Tampa Bay offense? What is it going to be? Bruce Arians said, we're going to fit him in where we can fit him. If his set works, he could play 35 plays. If his set doesn't work, he might just play 10 plays. We don't know yet. Um, They lost a practice this week because of the the short week in the election. So we'll see. We're going to have to wait and see what his effect on this offense is going to be. Another question for the Buccaneers is, can they stop Alvin Kamara? Can they stop him coming out of the backfield and running all over them um, through the passing game? This game has a lot of connotations. If you look in the the standings, this is the number one and two team in the NFC South right now with the Buccaneers on top and leading the division. However, if the Buccaneers lose this game, they end up in a tie with the Saints and head-to-head record would be 2-0 with the Saints. So New Orleans could take over the division with the win on Sunday night. This is a little troublesome for the Buccaneers because the NFC West is doing so well that it looks like they're probably going to have two of the wildcard spots to both of the second and third place team in that division. So it's important to win the division in the NFC. 
especially if you're the NFC East because you suck anyways. So I think the Saints are going to win this game. I think they're going to rise to the occasion, and I, I've i got Kamara. He's going to have two touchdowns, and I think he's going to have a, at least 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. And the Saints, they're going to sack Brady four times, at least four times, and they're going to win this game 27-20. to Well, there you have it. Those are my predictions, my top ten. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks we can get some questions that you may have and, like I said, get a social media presence out there interact with some of you thanks for tuning in hopefully this has given you some insights and helps you to just enjoy the games coming up this weekend i'm jackson harvey this has been harvey's huddle take care